Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. But I'm in Philippians chapter number three, and I'm going to read three verses out of this particular chapter, uh, Philippians 3, and uh, it's good to see each one of you here. Good to come to the altar and talk to God, isn't it? What a privilege that is to come. I preached Thursday night on God's throne of grace. My word, I got in another world preaching on that. Uh, that's uh, wh- wh- how bold we can come to his throne of grace. Isn't that good? Now, lost friend, you have that opportunity this morning if you're unsaved to come and obtain salvation. But you can't, without him, you just can't call on him all the time and say, God, I need this, I need that. Uh, uh, sometimes it takes a mountain for us Christians, but uh, uh, for the unsaved, it takes, takes the spirit, it takes the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. It takes the word of God and the spirit of God to take that word, apply it to your heart and draw you to the Father, then you can be saved. Just don't fall out of a tree and say hallelujah and saved. Philippians 3 and verse number 1. Have you found it? Shout amen. amen. Finally, my brethren, the Baptist comes out in Paul right here. You think he's about to quit. Oh, no. He's got a lot more to say. He just says, finally, I think to get their attention. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. We've done that. We've rejoiced in the Lord this morning. To write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous. But for you, it is safe. Now, I'm just a moment of pause here. He's written to the, to the Galatians, it's a little grievous. He's written to the Corinthians, and it was a little grievous. And as a matter of fact, his letters on both sides of this got some grievous things in them about the wiles of the devil. But he said, this is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Now, there's three things here that God drew my attention to and I'm going to concentrate on this morning. As brief as he'll let me be, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, and the only time you'll find this word in the Bible is right here in this letter. Beware of the concision, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have not confidence have not confidence, have not confidence in the flesh. Father, I love you. Thank you for the morning, the sweet spirit we felt. Glory to God. Thank you for the, these that have come and worshiped in spirit and truth. Those that come and prayed and called on the name of the Lord. We bless you for it all. Now I'm wholly dependent on you, God. Give me voice and strength. Fill my mouth, guard my tongue. Preach me to your glory inside the bounds of this book. Touch the hearts in the house. God, a message of warning today. Help us be aware of what's going on around us. I'll praise you forever for all you do. I ask it in the King's name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, I, I, I want to I preach on this thought this morning 
concern for the church. Concerned, Paul was concerned about this church right here. And I, I, stay with me. We, we have here, Paul's given us in this letter from prison, he's given us instruction in the word of God or of the word of God. Paul is giving us. When Paul wrote this letter, I think he thought he was writing it to a single church at Philippi. I don't think the apostle Paul with all his knowledge and being to heaven and seeing things that wasn't lawful to utter with all those things, I'm of the opinion, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. That Paul was writing this to the church at Philippi. He had some people at Philippi. He had a jailer that beat the stuff inside of him. Then he won him to the Lord. He had a woman that had a devil about her and he cast it out. He had some women down by the water, Lydia being one, and, and they didn't have a synagogue because there was no Jewish men there for the synagogue. So they're down there. The worshiping Paul shows up, could get them converted. He had a small congregation. And he, they, he knows that they need. Now the time that this letter is written, they had it going on. They had elders or bishops, whichever you prefer. Doesn't matter to me, whichever you call them. Both correct, accurate in the scripture. They had the, the let's just say pastor. We're, that's a more familiar term for us. They had pastors and they had deacons. They, they, had, they had teachers. The church was established. The church at Philippi is rolling on. Now you'll find in the other letters, those churches were a mess. They had some issues. They had, said, hey, if you want the law, if you think you want to serve the law, you've fallen from grace. Let me tell you, grace is better than the law. I mean, if you don't think that, you bumped your head. So right in the middle of this, in this, I stole this out of my heart. I didn't steal it. I just copied it out from my uh, uh, Bible heading here on the book. It's, he talked about rejoicing and suffering. In, in chapter 1, rejoicing in service. In chapter 2, and in chapter 4, he's talking about rejoicing in strength. Rejoicing in strength. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Rejoicing in all these things. But here in chapter number 3, he does something different. He begins to speak about the influence of the world. Now we have here, we have here the instruction of the word of God. What it'll do for you. How you're doing it. You're doing good. Here's the thing. He's begun a good work in you. He'll complete it. He's taught you about what you need to do and how you need to do it. I'm not yet attained, but I'm going to. But right here in chapter number three, he kind of, when he says finally, he kind of breaks out into something. You stay with me just a few minutes. First, he speaks about the dogs. The dogs. So the things he's concerned about. This is what, how the Lord spoke to my spirit last night and early, early this morning. My clock's all messed up from time changing back, going to Eastern time, living on that time for a week. I don't know whether it's nap time or breakfast. I guess. But somewhere early in the morning, God began to deal with me about this about the influence of the world 
Even though the church is rolling up, we've seen evidence this morning that our church is doing pretty good. You know the evidence of the church doing pretty good? When the Holy Ghost begins to touch people's hearts. You know, praise God, that wasn't because we're singing pretty. That's because the Holy Ghost come by and touched your heart. That's why. That's how it happens right there. That's why the Phillips family song last week, Bless Me, I started crying when they got up. Didn't quit till they was done. It just touched me. It's him that does the work. Are you with me on that? Roland and the Inspiration's the best singers in America today, in my opinion. Best singing group going right now. But they wouldn't be worth a spit right. if they didn't have the Holy Ghost on them. That's the difference in them and some of the other guys. Just is. It's the difference. So the church is rolling. We've got the evidence that the church is rolling on. It's doing pretty good. Hallelujah. We still got a few empty spaces, but not a whole lot. It's good. But right in the middle of everything going good, Paul says, hey, I need to make you aware I'm concerned about some things. Now, were they, were they prevalent? No. At the church at this time, I don't think they were. Are they prevalent in our church today? I don't think so. But I'll tell you what I found this week. It's hurt my heart. I know I'm on live stream. And I'm not, I'm not being critical of anybody. But the old preacher drove me around Muncie and Anderson, Indiana, some other places out. I finally seen the famous Cornbread Road Church that I'd heard so much about since all my life as a boy. We was out there. And some of the churches he drove me by, Randall, he said this about them. That used to be a powerhouse. And he used that word, used to be. And it struck me in my heart. And then I get home and I start reading about this. He said, this one's got, and I'm not talking about little bitty buildings. Some of them pretty good sized buildings. He said, they run about 25 or 30. I'm thinking, oh, God help us. Maybe, maybe they wasn't warned like Paul warned the Philippian church. Paul said, you need to be aware of three things right here and you better pay attention. Because you don't think they can sneak in. Oh, but they can. First, he said, beware of dogs. You're going to need your Bible this morning. I'm preaching out of the Bible. That's okay. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter number 56 and talk about the dogs for just a minute. I won't stay here real long, but I don't think, unless some of you buck up on me, and then I'll have to stay there a long time. That's how that works. Amen, hallelujahs, and you just keep rolling down the road. Silence, dead silence, I've learned. Stop, stump, stop, get on the stump, and put the sermon right there. That'll make you shout, won't it? Isaiah 56 and verse number 10. Now, he's giving, he's giving instruction. What did I say this was? This is instruction of the word, and it's warning us he's concerned about the influence of the world. You wore it out this morning in Sunday school. I thought I was just saying, ditto. It's where we're at. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. Now, when Paul said, beware of the dogs, he's talking about, you can find it in this. Paul knows what the law says. He knows who the dogs are. And it's the ones that call themselves watchmen, but they care more about themselves than they do the flock. 
They're ignorant, they're dumb dogs. In other words, they don't spark. They're silent about some things. They cannot bark. Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. You know what that's saying? They're complacent. We're complacent. Beware of becoming complacent. Paul said, I'm trying to tell you about the dogs. The dogs are complacent. Listen, as long as you feed them and pat them on the head every now and then, they're happy. They ain't going to bark. They ain't going to say nothing about it. Hey, do them their favorite treat. You're good to go. Paul said, you better beware of that guy. Better beware of the one that has, that, that wants to tickle your ears. But, hey. I'm not going to name names. I don't have to name names. Somebody's already come to your mind this morning. Yea, they are greedy. Greedy dogs which can never have enough. And they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way. Forget about training the kids. You were talking about this morning. Every one of them for his gain from his quarter. Paul said, beware of these dogs that all they're in it for is the money. Somebody put it there. And it's some of our family, by the way. Somebody put something on their Facebook yesterday. Smoke me. Smoke me. I didn't respond. The Holy Ghost, he throttled me down. It showed a preacher and this guy standing there and he said typical America, American evangelical and it showed a preacher with it in his hand in this guy's pocket. So if they're watching this, they know who I'm talking about. You smoke me. Because right here, look here, you can have my stinking money. I don't even like that stuff. I just have to have it. Set of tires are $1,100 for my car. Thank God for revivals. I've never failed a need that my God didn't supply. Never. Never. Now I'm no Ed Blue. I've never stopped at a Cracker Barrel when I seen the sign and said, all right, kids, we're eating with no money in their pocket. Ed said he went in there and the kid said, what? His wife's going, what are you doing? He said, we're about to order chicken and dumplings. Them kids want it. We don't have no money. She said, we don't have no money. He said, I'm going to tell them after we eat. She said, what are you going to do? He said, I'll just volunteer to go back there and work it off. But you all will be full sitting in the car. He went and preached for a bunch of scavengers who gave him zero money, took all his money for gas. He got there. They didn't give him a dime. Said he got through eating. Told his wife, he said, well, I guess now is as good a time as any. Said he started to get up, go tell the manager. Said, look, we've eaten you food and I don't have no money. And a guy come by the table. And he said, hey. So this some fella sitting back here saw you come in. And said he got saved under your preaching. He walked by and paid your bill. And even left the tent. And said, I stood up and said, hallelujah. <laughs> hey, took care of him again. I've not, I've not come to the place where he didn't take care of me. Never. People say things, huh? They they criticize or ridicule 
what you try to do. Just keep your mouth shut. Watch God do what he does. These dogs don't say nothing. Look at the last verse 12. Come ye, say they. I'll fetch wine. Yeah. We'll fill ourselves with a strong drink. Party time is what he's saying. And tomorrow shall be as this day and much more abundant. Much more abundant. They're complacent and they're comfortable. They just going to lay around drunk and sleep and say, hey, we got it made. I'll tell you what it's turned into in America. It's party time in America. Party's just about over. Beware of dogs. Beware of the evil workers. You're already in Isaiah. You just flip, flip over to 5, chapter 5, verse number 20. Now, Isaiah's pointed on the children of Israel right here in the first five chapters of Isaiah. I mean, he's, he's speaking as the Holy Ghost gives it to him. I understand that. Look here. The, the holy men of God spake as the Holy Ghost moved. And the Holy Ghost was speaking to them. They were pinning it down. The same with Paul. The same with Isaiah. Isaiah's writing it down. The first five chapters, he's blistering the children of Israel. And then he sees God in chapter 6. And he says, woe is me. I can't say nothing about them. I've got problems myself. I better get straightened out. Oh, I'm an unclean man. I dwell among people with unclean lips. I've got problems. He got himself in. Then God said, who shall I send? Oh, Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. I'll go. If you tell him you go, you better go. If you tell him you'll go, you better go. And you ain't going to roll and give me an amen right here, son. You ain't going to like every place you had to go. He's still God. He still honors his word and his work. The evil workers, here's what they are. They're doing that which is contrary to the word of God. How do you know? Well, Isaiah 5 and 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. Here's your verse, Brother Gordon. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. They're trying to tell your children in public schools uh, all over this land that they don't know if they're a girl or a boy and they can choose which one they are. Let your preacher tell you this morning, if you were born a boy, you are a boy. If you were born a girl, you are a girl. God didn't put some in between almost in that. All of those that are teaching that, what are the evil workers according to the word of God? Paul said you better watch the evil workers. Beware of them. Where do they come? They will come into church. Say, so, well, you want everybody to come into church. I do, I do. Everybody's welcome to come into the church, hear the word of God. Listen, but if you're just coming to fight me over what that book says, friend, you can stay out on the porch. How do, why would you say that, preacher? Because the Lord, Jesus said, if you go in and they won't receive you, Brother Randall, you know what he said? Just knock the dust off your feet and go on down the road. Call evil good and good evil. And God's not the author of confusion. 
trying to talk to this guy who claimed to be an atheist one time. He said, I don't believe in that stuff. I said, I said, I want to ask you a question. I said, what if I went out here and found, just jerked a baby out of some woman's arms, threw it on the ground, and stomped it to pieces? Would there be anything wrong with that? He said, well, yeah, there's something wrong with that. I said, you know why there's something, how you know there's something wrong with that? Because God gave you a conscience, man. That's how you know it's wrong, because God gave you a conscience. And the voice that speaks to conscience is the Holy Ghost. That's how you know. So you're without excuse. Are you still with me? You know what these evil workers do? That which is contrary to the word of God. And James, James 1 and 22, he said, be doers of the word, not hearers only. So if you're a doer of the word, you're not an evil worker. If you're doing that contrary to the word of God, puts you in a bad boat, friend. You still with me? But it's not only their, 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 the evil workers do things contrary to the word. Look here. They're corrupt in their works. Their works corrupt. What they're doing, what they're doing, I'll tell you what they're doing. They're after your kids. Let me see, read you something. Uh, 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 Lisa sent this to me. Uh, there's a book out called Conversations with God or Conversations of God. Conversations. Do not let your children read that book. Do not. And if they get me for something over the internet, I'm just telling you, it's, it's contrary. It's evil works. And it's contrary to that book right there. Because what I preach, they say in that book the exact opposite. And they're after your children. What was the chant of the LBGQRSTUV uh, 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 parade the other day? We're queer, we're proud, and we're coming for you children. That's what they say. You know what that done? That's, 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 that's righteous indignation. Say, there is no such thing. Ask Jesus about it when he made a court of, uh, whip of cords and went there and striped them real good and turned the tables over and ran them out of the temple. Righteous indignation. There's another, there's another, uh, uh, Joe Beth's mama sent this to me at five o'clock the other morning. It must have stirred Debbie up. Sister Debbie sent me this thing. This was in Lebanon, Connecticut. And here's what it said. Come, children, to our after-school Satan club. Come, children. Lebanon, Connecticut. Come, children, to our after-school Satan club. Concern for the church. Beware. Better read what your kids bring home from school. Check it out. And if it's something that's absolutely contrary to this book, you come and tell me, we'll schedule a meeting, I'll go with you and we'll talk to your teacher. We'll talk to your principal, we'll go to the board, whatever we have to do, and we'll say, look, you're not giving that to my kids. You're not doing it. Now, I know, Jordan, you're in this, you're in this thing. I know you school teachers. Actually, I know. 
Ashta, and uh, uh, she's not here, but anyway, I know where you're at. Last tonight, this morning, evil workers, the dogs, the evil workers, beware, I'm concerned for the church. Last this morning, there's a word called concision that you won't find it anywhere else in the Bible. It's the only place it's used that fascinates me when I find words that's used one time in the Word of God. And it is in the translation, I understand that. But it's kataomi, kataomi in the Greek, and that's pretty close to the pronunciation. Kataomi in the Greek, and it means this, it means mutilation. I learned this from an old, I was reading one of them old guys, Lord, we read that. And it means to mutilate. So be careful, be careful, beware of the one that mutilates. Now, that doesn't make much sense to me, preacher. Well, I'll tell you where he come from according, and I wish I could recall his name. Might have been Benson, he's one of the old guys. And it refers to Leviticus 19 and 28 and to Leviticus 20 and 5. You don't have to look at it now, but you can when you get home. It means this, God warned his people. He said, don't cut your flesh for dead people. Now, how does that tie in? How does that tie in with this? Paul's talking about the Jew here. The, the Jew is the one they call of the circumcision. But they never got into their heart. The circumcision is a cutting away. That means that the flesh was still upon their heart. And the flesh overrode the voice that speaks to conscience. And they preferred the things of the flesh over the things of God. And everybody in this room has been guilty of that one time or another in their life. I'm not above my raising. I know where I'm at. Still living in this stuff. But he's going to take me out of this mess one of these days. Praise God. When he shall appear, I'll be like him. And then, and then. Praise God, I will ever do anything to offend him ever. So the concision, that mutilation part, referring to that, he said, may, shall not. And then in, in 20 and 5, he, he starts out in verse in, in Leviticus 19, speaking to the children of Israel. But when he gets to 20, chapter 20, he's speaking specifically to the priest. You know what we are? Kings and priests. That's right, A+. Plus. That's what we are, according to the word. He's made us kings and priests. Isn't that good? That's why, that's why he didn't number the Levites. That's the priestly tribe. It's a number which no man can number according to Revelation, but God knows the number. The Lord knoweth them that are his. So here's the problem. Say, so what's wrong with that? They told him not to cut, cut their beards a certain way. Said not to bald their heads. And it said not to make any cuttings in their flesh. Don't mark yourself. Don't mark yourself. Say, well, I've got tattoos and I'm marked. Don't get no more. Amen. You can't do about, well, you can do something about the ones that are, but it's real painful, I've been told. Just don't get no more. Say, I'm going to ride all my dead babies down on. One guy said, he looked seen this girl, she had on a, had on a low dress, kind of a back open dress. Said he looked there and said, there's all these dates and births. He said, my word, what's all that? Said, that's the abortions I've had. I'd say the Lord's real pleased with that, wouldn't he? Tattoo that on your body. Be hard to forget them things that's behind you. If it's tattooed on your back every time you look across your shoulder in the mirror, there they was. 
know what the problem was, Randy? It was this. It was this. That's what the pagans done. The pagans trimmed their beard a certain way for dead people. The pagans shaved a spot right out of the middle of their head for dead people. The pagans cut themselves for the dead people. They marked their bodies for the dead in remembrance of the dead. He said, don't you do it. Why? Because you're different than they are. So you know what he's saying, Brother Bob? He said, don't conform to what they do. Don't conform to what they do. Paul had written this, well, he had written it earlier in Romans, it's prior to this. He said, be, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Amen. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. And be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. Don't do what they do. Now, I'm going somewhere right here. Look, look here. I know everybody Everybody don't worship like free will Baptists. Don't have a problem with that. I get to preach in a lot of different churches. A lot of them do it different than we do it. I let them do what they do, and I do what I do. If they call me to preach, door of utterance has been open, I go preach for them. Roll and go sings for them. We just do what we do, and they can do what they do. But some of the things they do, I'm not going to do that. Because it's like this one preacher. He said his son walked in the room. He said he turned the sound down on the television. He said, what do you think I'm watching? He said, a rock concert. I mean, they head banging. They got, got their caps on backwards. They're thumping, the bass thumping. And I mean, it just looked like a rock concert. He turned it up, and he could hear some of the lyric. And some of the lyric was, oh, how we love Jesus, or something about the, the, the master and the shepherd. I mean, he said, well, he said, that didn't look like gospel stuff to me. I'm afraid some of them let the dogs in. Some of them have bowed to the evil workers. So you're boasting that you're not one of them. I'm not boasting, but I'm not one of them. And there's a group of people out there that want what we've got right here. You know why? Because it's like Mark said when we sing it. It's real. Can you not feel it? Aren't you glad you got something you can feel? Aren't you glad you got something make you stand up to raise your hands? Aren't you glad you got something, praise God, to carry you through? Aren't you glad that right in the middle of this, Paul said, hey, here's some things you need to be aware of. Here all it is. In a nutshell, just don't conform to the world. world says shack it up, it's okay. The Bible said it's not. The world says eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. The Bible disagrees. The, the, the world says you, you don't have to be born again. The Bible said you die. You do. The world says, look here, the world says live any old way you want to. There's no consequence to sin. The Bible's contrary to that. Should we continue in sin that grace may abound? The Bible, Paul said, God forbid. That means no. You're talking like you're a perfect preacher. I'm the least perfect man in the room. I need more work than anybody here. But Paul said, I die daily. If the apostle Paul, I, now you don't get saved daily, you just get saved one time. You can't be born again twice, just like you can't be birthed in natural birth. 
two times. Can't do it. You can do a lot of things, mess a lot of things up. I'm not going down that road today. And I'm just telling you. But we need to be. If Apostle Paul said he died daily, where does that leave Mike McCoy? I couldn't carry that boy's sandals, Randy. I couldn't carry his sandals. I couldn't dust his old robe off. Not worthy. Second best preacher next to Jesus, in my opinion, is the apostle to the Gentiles. It's a little fellow's name, Paul. So what he's telling us is they come, bring a couple in. Randall, just get, we're going to do a song today. Come. I want to ask you today, maybe there's some things that you, I mean, I know we've had hallelujah meeting people come to the altar. We've already had altar service. But do you know you can have two altar services and one church service? Can you believe that God's still the same right now that he was when we were shouting and coming and praying a while ago? Maybe God has revealed something and maybe you've just conformed a little bit. And I'm concerned about the church. When I'm gone, and I will be one of these days, something will happen to me. God called me out, I don't know. We come this close to wrecking on Interstate 65 the other day. And I was, I was driving moderate. I seen him looking at me like it was my fault. And this woman, this woman decided that I was where she wanted to be. And man, my little Ford stopped on a dime. Thank you, Jerry Eller. He's back to work over there, by the way. Glad there wasn't nothing behind him. It had been pilot. He said, let her hit me or let the guy in the rear. I thought, hey. You hit him in the back, usually it's your fault. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that quick. I wish I had been. I missed her. She missed me. I mean, it's the grace of God. You couldn't have stuck my fist between us. I mean, she's right there. One of these days, I may be going down the road and might not miss the next one. Sometimes Pat and I together are going to put us in one big box like we did Trent and Karen. Put us in one big box, dig one hole, put us in a hole. But until then, I need to die daily. And I'm satisfied. I don't want to conform to this world. Where are you today? We stand there and we'll sing a song. You need to pray about something. Maybe you need to pray for someone. You ought to come. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.